0: Outside the shoot, we'd like to thank one of their sponsors, the Links at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Links at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this less ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Links at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tea time, Go to links at penhills.com. Hey, hey, happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we get going, I need to remind everyone of these Tants Mastodon's online poker tournament being hosted by CoolBet on December 5th at 8 p.m. Atlantic time. This is going to be a great event with huge cash prizes. To register, please go to cool.bet slash dons, and that's with a capital D, and then look for the Mastodons Poker Room under Tournaments where you can pay your registration fee. The password for the tournament is DONS2021, so that's D O N S 2021. Register now to get your spot. On to the OTC Player of the Week, and Michaela Caulfield of the Birmingham Thunderbolts 05 team out of Alabama takes home the weekly honors. Michaela went 8 for 15, good enough for a 5.33 average, with two doubles and two home runs, while also pitching four and two-third innings allowing one run on two hits, with no walks and striking out 10 batters at the Veterans Tribute Showcase last weekend in Georgia. Great job Michaela! Now to this week's guest and we sat down and chatted with former Oklahoma State Cowgirls standout and current women's Canadian national team member Lauren Regula. Lauren would have an amazing four-year career at Oklahoma State where she would be named to three All-Big 12 first teams, was a 2003 First Team All-American, and was also named 2003 Big 12 Player of the Year. She would first see action with the women's national team in 2002, and would go on to play in the Olympic Games in 2004 in Athens and 2008 in Beijing before coming back to 2016 to win her first medal with Team Canada as they took home the bronze at the World Championships. We're going to talk to Lauren about getting their start in the game at the age of 12, her time at OSU, those two Olympic Games, as well as the struggle she went through during her time away from the game and much more. This is a fantastic candid interview from one of the true great people in this game and in life. Lauren was a treat to chat with and I'm sure you're gonna feel her positivity coming through to you on this episode. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, cause here we go. I got the world
1: in my palm, like scam action in song. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm. Like camera, my action in song.
0: go lauren thanks for coming on the podcast
2: thanks for having me
0: so how's yourself grace jack will and dave making out
2: (laughs) depends on the day you ask me um we are doing (laughs) we are doing really well um just managing through this crazy time Mm. and really it's funny i just got home from throwing a bullpen actually and i just got done doing a video about you know, every day is so different. So just doing the best we can in whatever day that is presenting as.
0: Right, for sure. So how's how's COVID cases in Akron?
2: Um, like everywhere, they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things are starting to, there's whispers of, of shutting down again. Um, so it's not trending in the right direction at the moment.
0: Right, right. So who are, who are you throwing both into?
2: Oh, Vic Rump. So she is oh, one of Vic. the twenty. Okay. Yeah, so she only lives forty minutes from me. It's oh, the wow. craziest thing. Yeah, well, I'm from Trail, BC. She's from Ontario. She's the head coach at Worcester, and I live in Akron. And pitcher catcher combo ended up forty minutes apart and on the twenty athlete in the twenty athlete pool for 2021.
0: Oh my God, I did not know that. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm pretty diligent on my, on my research. Wow. I didn't come across that. That's awesome. Actually for like very convenient for both of you.
2: It's been amazing. And I'll, I'll be, I'll get it right out there and say, I don't think this opportunity, I would be able to even pursue this opportunity if she wasn't here. Right. Um, Because she has, she's just, she's been amazing. And We've been able to get our bullpens in. We get to talk softball. It's amazing to be able to train with a teammate. Um, yeah. So it's almost like a little eerie, like things are falling into place of, mm-hmm. of this being able to be an opportunity.
0: Right. So speaking of keeping in shape, you, you and your husband, Dave, own a gym called Track Athletics, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So how, how has that been like during the pandemic? A little bit trying, has it, or or everything, you know, has been. Okay.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's been, it's been, um, it's, it's going, it's like anything with a a business where you have people in person. Um, you know, we had to shut down for uh, two and a half months, which from a business standpoint isn't ideal, Mm. but we have the most amazing community. And a lot of people who stayed with us online while we had to go online and, um, And we're doing everything we can. I mean, we are socially distanced. Everyone has their own box, their own equipment, their own medical grade, cleaning supplies, hand sanitizer. So um, we're doing everything we can to be as safe as possible. Um, And so far, we've done a great job. Our community has done a great job keeping everyone safe.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Good to hear. Well, on the ball now, I suppose. Uh, So tell us about, uh, well, I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, tell us about uh, getting your start in the game
2: getting my start in a game. I'm from a little, uh, town called trail, British Columbia. And I just did everything to be honest. I played every sport and I actually attempted baseball first. I think I wanted to just follow in my brother's footsteps who played baseball, he played baseball. And that wasn't a good fit for me. <laughs> it <was an> obvious, <laughs> not good fit for me. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to play any type of ball after that. Um, and then it was just the classic, you know, what season is it? Let's get a team with our our town and let's play whatever it is. And it was softball season, so um, we got a team. And um, actually, I should, I should say that when I when I think about way back when, I actually missed tryouts for the trail team, so I ended up playing for a town about forty minutes away called Salmo, um, and that was kind of my first you know, step into it. And then it was just what season is it? That's what we're going to play.
0: Right. Right. So how old were you when you got started?
2: I was 11. What?
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a late bloomer. Wow.
2: Yeah. I wish it wasn't a late bloomer. (laughs) I I, I think there's so many late bloomers that got, get written off by like nine, 10, 11. Um, but yeah, I didn't even start till I was 11 and to be honest it wasn't even my favorite sport to, until I was about mm, 16, 17.
0: Okay. So so did Trail have like a like a a good minor ball system?
2: We are it's, it's a very small town so we had a good system in the sense that it just so happened my year and of course I don't really know that much about above or below because I was mm. very focused as a kid on my year but we had amazing athletes. And it, it was almost like our volleyball team with our basketball team with our softball team, um, just really all around great athletes. And so I played until a a time when there wasn't, it it was really difficult to field a team because Mm -hmm. there, I was 16 years old and there just wasn't the numbers. It was like, you know, asking anybody like, Hey, do you own a ball glove? (laughs) Would you like to go stand in left field? (laughs) Um, and so that wasn't really an option anymore because I was starting to um, take to the game. So I got an offer from a team called the White Rock Renegades. Mm-hmm. And this is a funny story because I, I'm a parent now. And so I just am still looking at my my own parents with this awe because they had no idea if I was good, bad, average, um, but the team this team, the White Walk Renegades, asked me to be on their ro- like I got invited to be on the roster. They were an eight hour drive from me. Oh wow like, from my dad, I should say. Yeah, I slept in the back. It was a very, very <laughs> short trip for me. I would wake up and I'm like, Oh, we're already there <laughs> <laughs> and he's like red eyes, like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Only eight hours. Yeah,
1: just eight um, hours.
2: <laughs> just eight hours. And I'm like, for me it was like an hour and a half. I slept the whole time. Um, but you know, they didn't have me go there because they thought this was going to lead to anything. It was, I didn't really have a team and trail. We didn't have enough kids. Mm -hmm. They offered and I didn't, and it was an honor to be offered. Their organization is, is awesome. And so I ended up playing for a few years in a row with the white, white rock renegades organization. So my dad would, and my mom, they would drive me after school. I would get there. I would pitch on, you know, Saturday and then my coach was awesome he'd give me the first game sunday and i would we'd pack back up and head back out
0: right so so were you did you pitch right away when you like when you started the game or did you gradually just progress into it
2: well i think because i'm left-handed everyone just wanted me to you know
0: 100% <laughs> absolutely
2: yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> they were like you're lefty you need to go in the, in the yep. pitcher circle i preferred to be honest i wanted to be an outfielder so okay. I the hitting part of the game was the most fun for me Mm. uh, and diving and diving and catching (laughs) fly balls. Yeah, I think I might have pursued it. If I was a righty, I might have ended up being a um, an outfielder and a hitter. But We really stuck with, so we're going to figure out this lefty pitching thing.
0: Right. Now you you talked about White Rock. Now I saw that you, uh, you won two Canadian nationals with them in 98 and 99. Uh, What do you remember most about those two years?
2: Oh, that's a long time ago now. That's a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gosh, talk about a fun, uh, talk about a fun experience in terms of how the White Rock, uh, organization ran their team. I mean, I'm coming on from this little tiny small town uh, girl to what I considered at the time because they were, you know, I don't know if if it's still like this, but it's always by years, right? So, mm-hmm. I I played on the 1980 team, but I was actually in 81, so I was a year younger than everybody, and they had um, this really big reputation, and I think a lot of it, to be honest, I went through just you know, um, so happy to be there. Um, mm. I knew I could be there, but it still is almost like the small town girl with the big eyes. Right. And right. I, I, I can still remember actually certain practices that I would just watch our infielders and I would watch our outfielders, like coming from my little town of to trail. I just didn't see people play like that right. to the level and to that, you know, ability. So I just remember it being such a fun ride being, on this absolutely
0: amazing team that's awesome now during, during like when you were in high school there you also you also were in basketball and volleyball as well Yeah. now yep. see that's that's good because i want to segue into the i saw you posted on social media this this week or last week about uh, athletes playing multiple sports and you're a big advocate as 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 am i uh you know maybe maybe touch a little bit on that because i totally believe in what you're saying there
2: yeah, I am really passionate about it um, because I think somewhere we've gotten on this track of having kids declare what they want to do and what sport they're going to go, you know, towards mm-hmm. and I-, I tell kids when I do camp you know, if someone asked me when I was twelve years old what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a hairdresser on Trail BC, and I wanted to play volleyball or be a gymnast. <laughs> and I, you, right? Like, I look at my life now. Who you don't know what you want when you're twelve, ten, nine. Yeah. Um, and so, when I look at kids' sports, I think one, you look at it, or I look at it from it's, it's a continuum. And mm. when people pick pick sports so early, it's because they think that that's going to give them the best shot to be. The best down the road, it's going to give them the best shot to play major league baseball or go to the Olympics. And if you look at sports like a train stop, right, and the road to to the highest level is say 2000 stops. And I got this from uh, Michael Gervais, who's a sports psychologist, who's amazing, but it resonated with me so much. You need to stay on that train. And if you aren't happy doing it, that is going to be a miserable train. And maybe you get off at stop 200, 500, maybe you make it to a 1, thousand, 1500. But I know what it's like to get to the top level. I know the amount of work that goes into it and I know how important it is to enjoy doing it mm-hmm. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is from a physical standpoint, I will I, I will there's no way to know for sure but I am like as certain as I could be without being, you know, have a scientific paper written on me. I am a better pitcher because I played volleyball. That explosiveness really helped me. Um, I am a better, I was, I did play outfield in college when I went to uh, OSU and I hit, so I was a better outfielder. I could move laterally because I played basketball. So you develop athleticism and they do cross transfer. And then the last thing I'll say, sorry, I I get really no, it's okay. about this, but it's it's physical burnout, right? Like kids having ACL surgery at 12, 13, 14, 15. that if you change sport, you move your muscles and your bodies in different ways, you can balance out, you can actually get stronger. So that's one part of the burnout and that's one part of the chance for injury. but I also look at mental and emotional burnout and injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Ohio it's a very big soccer community. And I just have a hard time. Um, I just have a hard time understanding how having a soccer ball at your feet, 365 days a year would give you that excitement to want to constantly play soccer. Exactly. And maybe there, yeah, there's outliers that might be, but when you're a kid, and this was for me, I couldn't wait to put my ball glove away and go grab a volleyball. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I couldn't wait to put the volleyball away and go grab a basketball. And then I couldn't wait. Like, it, there's that excitement and joy as a kid where you do something and then it's time to move on. Yeah. So, anyways, I can, and the other thing too, like, I, I my dad always said to me, and I say this to our kids. um, Not because my dad said, but because I find (laughs) it to be true. (laughs) Um, You know, you never know what you're going to like until you try it. So declaring you're going to be one sport when you're young, like I'm trying to get Grace to try lacrosse. Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. her to try as many different sports as she can because maybe maybe she has a love and she's found it. But maybe there's a love hidden somewhere underneath there that she just hadn't explored yet. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like super anti Specializing at an early
0: age, yeah, for sure. Like you know, growing up in Canada here, you know, it's it's hockey. So I I played hockey since I was four years old, and you know I I played at a relatively high level, you know, in my in my teens and everything. And I can remember, like when I was in midget and whatnot, and started playing summer hockey as well. And and I was still playing ball, but uh, you know, playing playing summer hockey, and then just going right into the next season by October, November, I was just like, "Uh." like you know what I mean? Like you're right. You just get, you get tired of it. And I really wish that those few years that I played summer hockey, I I wish I had just, you know, concentrated on ball or, or, you know, anything else.
2: Yeah. I think that, and that's the, that's exactly it. Like I think intentions are always good, right? The intention is like, Oh, if I play more, Mm. um, but at the same time, and I, I said this in my video, because people will be like, well, what if she really loved it? Right. And that's all she wants to do. And I understand that. But there comes a point where as a parent, you have to say, I know this isn't good for you mentally. You might think it is, but mentally, emotionally, phys- physically, it's not good for you to always do the same thing over and over. Just like if a kid is like, oh, I love chocolate cake, right? <laughs> it's just because they love it doesn't yeah. mean that, they should eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a year in a row. That's right. So, um, but it is, it, I think the intention for a lot of people is, you know, to, to help their child or the kid wants to do it. So it makes sense. Um, I just know, you know, I'm from a little town called Trail and my brother, he ended up playing major league baseball for 10 years. And he played volleyball in high school. He played basketball in high school. He played baseball. And then my best friend, one of my best friends from Trail BC, is named Barrett Jackman. He played baseball in the summers. He played hockey. And I just look at the people I grew up with and the people we look up to, right? Like Wayne Gretzky is one of the first to say yeah. he yeah. loved baseball and he's anti one sport. And, you know, if it's good enough for Wayne Gretzky, I think it's maybe a, a good idea to listen.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we'll touch speaking about your brother, Jason, like a lot of people... Listen, well, I imagine a lot of people do know, but some people probably don't know. Your brother's Jason Bay, that played for Pittsburgh, Boston, the Mets. Um, what's he up to now?
2: He is staying at home. He's a, he's a stay, Mr. Mom, Mr. Dad. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah. He lives in Seattle. He is awesome. He's doing really well. His kids are great. His wife is great. Awesome. And he is doing, um, I think what he loves, like he's coaching, well, not necessarily in COVID, but he was coaching kids soccer. He was coaching kids baseball. Um, so, yeah, so he is, he's doing great living in Seattle.
0: Awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, back to ball now. Uh, 1999, you uh, played for the Canadian National Junior Team. Uh, that must have been a pretty special moment for you.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's so, it's funny you say that. And we're talking about it because an old, not even teammate um a player that I played against Teriah flowers. She was Teriah Mims back in the, okay. back in the day before she got married, but she played for team USA. She sent me a photo recently within like the last month or two of our team in Taipei, um, from the, the 99 worlds. And, Oh, wow. It was, I mean, it, yeah, it was, and it was like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have thought about this. And then you bring this up a month later. I haven't thought about that's, <laughs> 1999 for
1: that's crazy. A long
2: time. So yeah, but it was great. I mean, for my first experience in international ball, my mm. first real, you know, um, my first real camp, to be honest, to go for tryout that it was like a whole new world for me.
0: Right. So who was coaching you guys then?
2: I don't even remember. <laughs> See? That stumped you. I have I have a bunch of names in my head and I can't even think. <laughs> well, I
0: guess you know when you're part of the Canadian program for so long, you know, I, the it, I imagine it would be tough to, to especially back in '99. So,
2: anyway, so yeah, I have like three names in my head and I can't think of who our head coach was.
0: So the, the the worlds were in in Taipei. You said Yeah. So how was that experience? As far as you know, that that would have been, you know, pretty far far trip for you at that age.
2: Yeah, I just it's the 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 classic when you're going through something you don't really realize it, right? Like mm. I just you board a plane, you go to Taipei, um, and I say this about the Olympics too. The way I look back on it now is through much different eyes than I looked at it when I was there. Mm. Um, and so I was fortunate, as I mentioned, our White Rock Rock Renegades team was you know had really uh, amazing players. That there was f- I believe five of us that were on the team. So it seemed very homey to me because um, our catcher, one of the other pitchers, um, like Sarah Carlson was our catcher. Ashley Dobie was another pitcher. They were there and we had, um, it it didn't feel necessarily super different because we did have a a big part of our team there.
0: Right. Right. Makes sense. (laughs) All right. Yeah. On to uh, Oklahoma state university uh first what was uh what was the deciding factor on choosing osu
2: you know so i took all my visits i went to university of hawaii specifically because i was pretty sure i was going to be a marine biologist when i grew up okay and that was not that didn't feel good i think i realized once i hit um an island i really felt quite claustrophobic like I couldn't just go home if I wanted to right yeah um so that I went to the University of Pacific I uh, just didn't feel like a good fit I went to Mississippi State didn't it didn't feel like a good fit and then to be honest I think my parents this is a true story I think my parents bought me an OU Oklahoma shirt because that was where I had my sight, my sight set and Um. Oklahoma state didn't even come into the radar till the very end. And I just happened to have like my fifth spot open where I hadn't committed to another official visit. And they, they, you know, kind of put that offer out there for an official visit. They were ranked eighth. They went to the world series that year before. So they were ranked eighth in the in the country and I kind of just took it as a, why not? You mm-hmm. know, I'm not going to go there, but why not? And I really had my eyes set on OU And, um, it's the classic gut feeling. I went to OU and I just didn't feel like I fit. I just, I, I remember actually calling home, crying, just telling my parents, I totally thought that this was where I wanted to go, but I do not feel comfortable. And, um, and then I went to Oklahoma state and I stepped on campus and I just felt like I belonged there. There was no, um, they didn't do it. There's no nothing special. I didn't even, you know, usually when the recruits are in town, they have to go to a football game and they make it this huge, you know, deal that you're there. Right. And there was nothing. It was more of like a, what you see is what you get, Lauren. And we're not going to put on this huge show for you because that's not real reality every single day. This is reality every single day. And I think being from a really small town and trail and Stillwater is a very small college town. I just I felt really really good and it just clicked and i literally after the first day I'm, i said this is where i want to go
0: that's awesome i was, was going to ask what your first impression was on the campus and facilities but i mean you pretty much gave it right there didn't you guys there was a brand you guys it was a brand new facility that year when when you started going there was it not
2: Yeah. so we practiced on a different field because they were building it my first year right so it was a beautiful facility but that was the thing i never saw it it wasn't like they had this amazing facility I will say though, um, you know, I am a left-handed pitcher. I really looked up to Michelle Smith who went to Oklahoma state. And then, uh, Mel Roche was another one of my like idols. I remember going to a camp when I was younger and I just idolized her and both of the, they both went there as pitchers. So, um, I didn't, I don't think I knew that when I was looking for recruiting, but when I realized that I was like,
0: Couldn't believe it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Once you, once you get there and realize it's like, oh, well, this all makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah. So as a freshman, you went in there and you ended up being like the number one pitcher on the team. Uh, How do you think you handled that first season? Not
2: well, Uh, (laughs) not well at
1: all. (laughs) Okay. Oh
2: gosh. I had a really rough first two years, to be honest. Um, Basically what happened is you know, my little town, I didn't have like a dedicated pitching coach that people have now. Right. I didn't even go do, I, I won't say I didn't go do lessons. There was, there were two guys that helped me, Richard Rose, Brian Pipes. There's two guys that, that helped me, but it wasn't like a, I didn't have someone for like dedicated lessons where here's my pitching coach. I was kind of a, you know, as I got older, when I started pitching, I really stuck with it because I threw hard. I had no idea where it was going. I'm talking the amount of times, and this is a true story. You can ask my dad that like, I threw the ball over the backstop when I'm trying to pitch it. And finally the umpire is like, I'm not having anyone else go get the ball, go get the ball. You you have to stop throwing it over the backstop. <laughs> so, um, and this is so true story. That's how far off I was, but I threw hard. So I was like, Oh my God, you know, if I can figure this out, uh, I'll be I'll be good. And so I was really raw. And this was kind of my mentality growing up is I just did what I thought I was supposed to do. I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. So when I went to college and I knew how um, amazing the program was, I took every single suggestion and tried to implement it and completely lost who I was as a pitcher. Okay. they tried to they tried um, my coaches were very into me developing a drop ball and I didn't have one when I went there and I worked hard on it but it totally it wasn't the way I threw so I went through my whole first couple years like not even remembering who I was as a pitcher I had lost my change up I had lost Basically, the person that showed up at Oklahoma State, the way I was recruited, mm. um, I was just like, "You, what do you want me to do? And I was I was green. I was excited. I was happy. I was I was, you know, this is going to be the best thing ever. I finally have real coaches like professional coaches. And I just took that way too far and the next thing you knew i remember saying to my catcher like i was trying to do my hair differently going i just don't feel like myself maybe it's my hair i i don't know but like i can't throw anything my changeup's gone my curveball's gone my ball has gone and I now I have literally a drop ball that doesn't drop. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that about sums up my first two years in college. <laughs> wow,
0: that's great. Well, I mean, you go on to be, to be a three time all big 12 first team selection, first team All-American in 2003, along with big 12 player of the year. Uh, what are some of the big memories that you have, you know, at your time at uh, OSU?
2: You know, the first couple, I don't have a ton. I was, it was a very frustrating, for me, um, it was a very frustrating couple years. Um, And then, you know, I grew as a pitcher from 2002, 2003. And I give my coach a ton of credit. Um, Coach, uh, her name's Coach Rev and Coach Ward. They kind of just like left me alone. If that makes sense, like you, instead of just, you know, every nitpick, I would try and make a huge adjustment Mm adjustment. And I think they figured out that give me like a little teeny tiny thing and then leave me be, and then come back later, give me a little tiny teeny thing. And I finally met, you know, made my way back. I started in 2002 where I just started to trust myself. Um, Like, I'll give you an example. If something hurt my elbow, but they were telling me to do it, I would keep doing it. Because I just didn't, I I didn't know who I was and I would never talk back to a a college coach or even question them. And so I finally kind of planted my own flag in the ground, like, okay, I'm going to do what works for me. I'm going to take your suggestion, but I'm going to make it work for me, not you know if i'm not a drop ball pitcher i'm not a drop ball pitcher and they they stopped that was it like we didn't have to work on
0: the yeah, drop well, ball anymore you got to do that sometimes right like
2: yes we, that we had to that had to be let go and we let that go so i just remember from 2002 to 2003 starting to one find my way back to you know the pitcher and the kind of pitches that i threw um, and really just getting these little tweaks here and there that made a world of difference, but they were so small. Right. Um, and that's also where we they really helped me with the mental game. Like, again, it wasn't an overbearing coach coaching um, methodology, but it was just little things here and there that I was able to stack like little um what am I trying to say? Little pieces of me that I would stack on top of each other for a foundation. Mm-hmm. And from from 2002 and 2003, I had just a, I had a blast. Mm-hmm. I also had the best catcher, so that was well, that,
0: that helps. That helps as well. Like and y- you know, playing in the Big Twelve in 2002, 2003, you, you guys had to you guys had to go through uh, somebody named Cat Osterman, did you not?
2: <laughs> yes, we did.
0: Yeah, that's that makes it tough. <laughs>
2: Yes it does. Oh, I can remember it like it wasn't that long ago. Those yeah. years.
0: Yeah. So uh so your first action with the Canadian women's national team was in 2002 at the WBSE Women's World Championships. Uh that must have been a really special feeling for you.
2: Yeah, it was and and the worlds were in Saskatoon, which was so cool. Mm. Um and can I just put a little side note in here since sure I'm talking to you? Sure thing. I'm getting I'm getting videos, right? Like um we're getting videos because I'm still playing hmm. and it's the best ever because coach uh Smith's sending me videos from 2002. I'm like watching <sighs> me throw against Natasha Watley and Jeff Mendoza That's and awesome. I'm laughing so hard. I know it's the best and then I I stopped and thought about it and I was like 2002. That was almost 20 years ago, and <laughs> those are the videos that I'm watching to like get myself back into it.
0: Where's Smitty um, getting these, where's Smitty getting these videos at?
2: <laughs> I know he's. I like the Team Canada must have them because I I don't have them. Oh, that's awesome! But I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's been, I, Dave's like, Lauren, oh, again, I'm just glory dazing it just straight up. Like, oh, too. like, yeah, hold on. I'll be in bed in one second. I <laughs> yeah. keep watching this for about another five times. It's a really good change up. Yeah. Um, so, um, no, it was amazing. It was, it was an honor to play in front of, you know, on Canadian soil. I have my family there because, mm-hmm. you know, in 1999, when I went with the national team, it was, you know, a overseas so that wasn't an option so to have my family there and wear the maple leaf across the chest it was um it was surreal in one way and in in another way it was just what i did Mm -hmm. uh you know when we when i made the team i i was so excited but it wasn't like i threw a party i just was like okay what's next right right got the team great okay what's next
0: that makes sense yeah that totally makes sense actually um so 2004 you go to your first Olympics in Athens, Korea. Actually, before I go on to that, your uncle was an athlete, Olympic athlete, was he not?
2: Yeah, decathlete. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's, that's pretty cool. So how long ago was that?
2: He went to Tokyo. Um, I'm trying to think, because he qualified for three. This is so bad, I should know this. He qualified for three. He actually hurt his Achilles before the third. So he was back in the 60s. So he was a decathlete, and he... Um, he trained along with Jenner okay Bruce Jenner right wow yeah, that's amazing. yeah he's yeah, yeah he he his forte is pole vaulting, so he went to Oregon to pole vault, but right. um just super good athlete.
0: That's cr- you know it, it's something to have one athlete in the family you know to go to two Olympics, but to have two like that's that's pretty rare.
2: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Yeah. So anyway, b- back to Athens. Uh, that must have been an amazing experience.
2: Yeah. Um, again, it was, there a lot of mixed emotions. It was the world, like the best team. And I, our teammates still actually have a really great relationship. Hmm. Really great team. I, in 2003, I ended up um, developing stress fractures in my drag leg. And okay. so if you see any pictures or videos from me from 2004, I have this massive bionic leg cause I couldn't drag <laughs> on it. So they went and took this huge plastic mold. It was ginormous and it was so not comfortable, but I, I couldn't pitch without it. And so, um, I couldn't drag my foot, my back foot. What? And I had a, I had a, um, yeah, I had a stress fracture above, um, my ankle and below my knee. And it was basically the force that I was, pushing down on just just created them and so that was my senior year of high uh, excuse me my senior year at Oklahoma State mm-hmm. where I I ended up on crutches but I, tr- I was on crutches basically pitching trying to throw and help our team make it to to the World Series um but it really jacked up my my motion <laughs> so when I think of the 2004 Olympics I have all these memories and then I, I just also have these these great memories, but then I also just remember, you know, as a pitcher, when you go in and you know, you don't have your best stuff. I just, I didn't have my best stuff. Right. And I, I managed through fine. Um, I think mental, uh, men, the mental game is one of my strengths, Yeah. but I, I look back and um, man, I even was watching cause my mom just put all one of her COVID jobs that she, when she didn't want to leave and go anywhere where she put all of my brother's stuff and my stuff on like a <laughs> big drive and sent it to us. Um, but it, it was, it was, it was also frustrating if that makes sense because right. I just couldn't throw like I wanted to. Well, I mean, you, um, you still, it, you
0: had three shutouts in the, in that Olympics. So, <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
2: yeah. The numbers wise don't look so bad. I actually, believe it or not, I looked not long ago. The numbers wise don't look so bad, mm-hmm. but, um, I just, I feel, I feel like I could have helped our team right. a little more if I had, if I had my, my stuff, but right. Um, but I mean, you're at an Olympic games, right? Yeah. So actually
0: one thing I come across when I was doing my research on it, (laughs) you guys lost to Greece in that tournament. Did you guys underestimate them or something? It was just one of those games.
2: You know, I would say basically we had the, the, we had the ability to, played down to our competition. It wasn't the first time that we had played down to our competition. Um, And so we really just did not show up that game. And that's something I think as a whole, when I look at the progression of where team Canada is today, uh, you know, the confidence of just knowing you're going to show up and win a ball game. that's, That's the error and that they've proven that and they deserve that. We didn't necessarily. I think we told ourselves that that we did, but we also had those speed bumps along the way, um, and that was just that was a, a perfect example of we just didn't show up that day.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that it's it, it happens in everything. Where you know any sport, where any team. Plays to the level of their competition, and it's so frustrating. It really is, you know, especially when when you're favorite to win, and you go out and you know, proverbially shit the bed. They'd say, and and yes. and it it's so frustrating.
2: Yeah, we beat Japan, which we had yeah. no business beating Japan. When you look at when you look at you know, Japan was ranked second uh, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. They were the obvious favorites. We beat Japan, then we we lost to Greece. Um, and you know, it's a very interesting fact, just so you know, it even happens in racehorses, racehorses will race to the level of their competition. So when they have a faster horse behind or beside them, they'll run faster. So it is, um, it is, it does happen. And I will say I'm extremely proud of, of the team, you know, of the recent years because they have actually taken a huge stance and made sure that that just wasn't going to be the case anymore for team canada
0: right right so when you were there did you did you get to watch any other events obviously you probably we went did to,
2: yeah we went to volleyball there was a couple events we went to um the 2004 was interesting because we played the very next day so we opted out of the opening ceremonies Okay, which is very um, common for people who are competing uh, or playing or whatever, whatever their discipline sport called it. Um, so we didn't do the opening ceremonies. And then we went right into softball and softball is a pretty long event, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, there was at the time, eight, eight teams, which means you're playing seven days, which means, then you have to go into the metal round. So we watched more softball and it took a a long time. And then we got to go to a couple different events, but for the most part, it's not like you get to, we at least didn't get to go to a ton of them. Um, By the time our event was over, um, there wasn't that much, that much left. And um, what happens in the, in the, in your rooms is you have a feed to every single sport. And sometimes that was even more exciting because you could go watch, you know, rowing and then you could go watch wrestling and then you could flip back and forth. So we did that, or at least I did a little more than actually go to the actual venue.
0: Right. Right on. That's, that's cool to know. Um, so 2005, you'd, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Chicago bandits the year you play with them. Uh, you go 17 and one. 0.88 0.88 ERA and share a picture of the year award with Jenny Finch. Uh that's quite a zone you were in that year.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know what's a really fun fact about that? The only game my future husband, which is now my actual husband, went to, was my loss. Oh, no like, you, way. You you, yeah, yeah. I was like you can't come anymore. Oh, like I don't wow. I don't lose. I'm not losing. And <laughs> <laughs> you came when I lost. Uh, like not okay. Uh, um yeah, that, you want to talk about an experience and an amazing, um, it was almost like me showing up to little Lauren from Trail showing up to the White Rock Renegades. Here, you know, I am on the team with Team USA players and all the players I played against that I hated playing against, right? right. Um, like my catcher with Selena Collins, she went to Texas A&M, she was in our conference. So it was probably one of the most fun years I had playing ball and it was just people from everywhere being on a professional team is a, so different than being on any other team mm-hmm. I've ever been on just because you know the structure is a lot different and so there was a lot of freedom to be yourself yeah uh, but at the same time structure because everyone was there for you know business and a job But man, it
0: was it was a really really fun year. Oh no, no! It's funny you talk about that uh, about uh, you know playing against people you played against forever, and it was such a heated rivalry. Like that's something that you know I tell a lot of younger younger people that you know someday you might be teammates with these people, and they'll become your best friends. You know what I mean? Like you have such a big rivalry with them growing up, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're playing together because I mean it happened to me in hockey where like I absolutely despise three guys on this one team. Two years later were teammates on like a on a on a major midget team. So and and you find out, oh, they're not too bad. And you end up being best friends with them. So it's it like I mean I I stress that to uh to to younger people actually. So it's funny you brought that up.
2: It's so true, you're right. Every time they're not on your team, they always just seem way worse. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, "Hey, I'm actually really glad you're on my team." <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh so anyway, I'm going to jump to uh 2008 Beijing Olympics. Uh did you know going into that that you were you you were retiring after it?
2: Yeah. You yeah, did. that was my last. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was 27, I believe. Right, 17. Yep. 27. I was married. So I have one Olympic Jersey hanging up. It says Bay one Olympic Jersey hanging up. that says regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband was hes six years older than I am five and a half, if you ask him. And we knew that it was, um, time to, we wanted to have a family. So that mm-hmm. was my last, <laughs> what I thought was <laughs> my <laughs> last hurrah.
0: So, so you did you called it quits after 2016 uh maybe tell us a bit i mean if you care to share of course about those eight years off and the struggles you went through between then and 2016
2: yeah yeah so after 2008 we I, my our daughter grace was born in august of 2009 so we were ready just hitting straight up going family
1: yeah.
2: um and i we had three kids in three years so grace was born august 14th, 2009. And then our youngest was born August 17th, 2012. And we had one right in the middle. So I literally had a third year, third year old birthday party with a one and a half year old. And while I was pregnant and then a couple days later went into the hospital um, to have our youngest. So I, I don't remember much.
1: (laughs) No doubt
2: for pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I had a really, really bad, I struggled really badly. I had postpartum depression. and it, it was a very challenging, very challenging time. Uh, I wasn't sure how challenging because you don't know what's normal. Like you have these kids, you're not sleeping. Our youngest screamed for like a year of his life. I mean, just screamed bloody murder forever. Like I couldn't get away from the screaming. Um, and man, I was about to jump out a window. Like I was in not a good headspace. I thought a lot about, like, I need to leave. I can't do this. Um, and that lasted for about six years. Yeah, it was, it was a rough,
0: it was a rough six years. So, what was the uh, what was the thing that brought you out of that?
2: So, um, we were living in Chicago when we had our kids, and then my husband and I knew we wanted to do our own thing. We opened up our own gym, our own business, and we wanted to raise our kids in space and, and in a little bit slower area. So, we moved to Ohio. Opening a business is stressful enough. Never mind managing depression while doing it. It <laughs> wasn't pretty. Um, my husband can attest to that. But I hit a really big lull. So after I had Will in twenty six, uh, excuse me, twenty twelve, when twenty sixteen came, when during from my experience from depression, it ebbs and flows. Like there were times where I could barely get out of bed. And then there would be times where I was like, okay, I think this is it. Like, I don't even have to go get help anymore. I'm finally starting to feel better. And it would just yo yo up and down. And um, in 2016, when I got the opportunity to play for Softball Canada again at the World Championship, I remember thinking maybe this is it. Maybe this is what I've been missing. I, you know, I went from being the athlete and having softball as my life to kids. Maybe the whole softball piece is um, going to make that depression go away. Maybe this is the missing piece. So I went and played in 2016 and I actually, I had a good summer. Um, it, it was one of my better summers in the last however many years since mm-hmm. I had my kids in terms of my mindset and where I was. Um, and then I came back and I just plummeted. So between 2016 and 2018, I actually got worse. And I, in in the summer of 2018, I could barely get out of bed. I wouldn't talk to anybody because I I couldn't, I could barely function. Um, And my husband ended up calling a doctor and a therapist on my behalf because I just was, I mean, I was way gone. And, um, I ended up, yeah, it was not, it was not good. And I didn't talk to him for like two days after he did that. I'm like, we live in a small town. Everyone's yeah. going to think I'm crazy. I mean, I had this like
1: <laughs> yeah. full
2: on meltdown. Um, but I ended up, you know, getting my, he called a phlebotomist to come to our house to get my blood work done. Like he did all of that because I could, I would go to bed. I would just, dis- I wouldn't even say anything. I would just disappear because I couldn't even stand up. I was so tired. I would disappear at like five or six at night. And then he would have to wake me up at seven and I'd fall asleep. I'd be out cold. And then he would have to wake me up at seven, like, okay, we got to get going. Like the kids have to do things. And I just could barely function through the day. And so um, once I got my blood work done and I realized that I was just, you know, there were things that were off. I ended up seeing a therapist and um, in about, I'd say early 2019, I started to feel, um, like I remember waking up one day and um I just remember waking up and I actually opened my eyes and I looked around and i was i was like is this is this what normal people feel like i I didn't remember um uh, but things were working, so oh. and then it continued to just climb out from there
0: okay, wow that i actually I never knew anything about it. i thought i thought after you know from twenty sixteen everything was was you know good, but uh No, I didn't know about that. That is crazy. So, okay, I'm I'm jumping off my my notes here. So, do you find that you know doing your doing your videos online helps you a lot?
2: I think it helps me, but honestly, I say if it helps one person out there, (laughs) that's that's like kind of my rule to myself is if it helps somebody out there. Um, I still see a therapist and I'll mm-hmm. probably see her forever or, or at least talk to some third party unbiased person. Just get, you know, my thoughts out. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things because of where I came from in terms of, you know, in 2018, I was diagnosed as passively suicidal. Like I did not I, I did not want to wake up in the morning. And it is not very normal for you to think of ways for you to not wake up in the morning. right? And um, did I want to think that way? Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like I was choosing. Those thoughts would just pop into my head. And I just, I'm so passionate because I feel like I missed out on a lot. Um, I I was there for some, for sure. I'm not saying all the six years were at the lowest of lows, but there were a, a lot of lows that I wish I could... I wish that I would have gotten the help sooner. Hmm. Um, so I didn't have to miss out. And so a lot of my videos, I just, I want, and everything I post is, I just want people to feel as good as they can, because I know what it's like to not feel as good as you can. And to look back and say, you know what? I, I wish I would have got help earlier.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, wow, That's, that's good to hear. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not really good to hear. I mean, good to hear that, you know, you, everything is, is going well now and that's that's the main thing yeah that's the main thing right there um yeah. i want I to talk to you about uh kaylee's home run last year to qualify for the olympics how <laughs> yeah. how awesome was that
2: i was so good and i couldn't even like yell because i was on air i was like <laughs> literally jumping um being unbiased right doing the play-by-play right um i was i was muting my microphone just like jumping up and down (laughs) and I I'm not even kidding I will go to the grave saying this I called it in my head and I wish I would have said it on air I'm like this would be so fitting if she would hit a home run right now and like I literally thought it and then she did it and I was oh god it just That like even now I have the biggest smile ever. You know what's funny?
0: I had Kaylee was on the podcast with me here, and uh, and she said going up to that at bat, that was what was in her head was hitting a home run to qualify, and 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 she did, and I was like, that is amazing.
2: (laughs) Oh, I literally have goosebumps right now. I was, I mean they were, they could see me, but the cameras couldn't see me. Mm. I was just like arms in the air. And then I was like, well, that's really fitting that Kaylee Rafter, you know, <laughs> trying to be all, <laughs> yeah. all calm.
0: Yeah. All calm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good story. Actually. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so on to the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, first, what was, what was your thought process after it was announced they were pushed back to here?
2: Oh gosh. Um I don't even know, to be honest. Um, we, in one week, I, I found out Canada pulled out. It wasn't even that, it wasn't even them announcing that it was pushed back a year was awesome because a lot of my emotion came from Canada pulling out, which means, well, what if they have it and Canada's not there? Right. That was more emotional for me, but I, Canada pulled out, our brick and mortar had to be closed and I started homeschooling three kids. I was living minutes a minute by that time, um, and softball. And I, you know, my coaches know this, I, am a mom, um, and our whole livelihoods at stake. Uh, they were very gracious when it came to giving me space to just get through the time and manage the kids. um, who had a little bit of a tough time, right? So right. that was my main focus. Um, and then once the we found out the Olympics were actually postponed, there was like a sense of oh, okay, this can still happen. <laughs> okay, right. everything's going to be okay.
0: Well, then, yeah, that's good. So for the like coming up for this Olympics, what kind of role do you see yourself in for this one?
2: You know, that's a great question. I don't have a good answer for that. Um this is what I this is my attitude and my mentality right now. Uh and I actually was just talking to Vic uh Rump about this just the other day. I truly believe, and this is something you know we talked about as a team, everybody in the athlete pool right now is contributing to making everybody better. Right. And I have no idea what my role is gonna be. Um I think You know, I I think I can help bring experience, but I also think maybe just my arrival back on the team helped, you know, helped everybody or pushed everybody, um, maybe to one step faster or harder. And that makes, maybe it helped make the pitching staff, um, you know, more tenacious in their practice. And that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Um, I would love to just do whatever the team needs me to do. I'm I'm well aware I'm not in my prime and it's going to be a different situation than it was, you know, my last previous two Olympics. Uh, So my whole goal is whatever I'm doing, what can I do today to make the team better? If I'm out there, you know, obviously you're going to get everything I have. And if not, what can I do to still continue to help make my teammates better?
0: Awesome. All right. Before we get into our, final segment here that we do on here uh let us know a little bit about the stuff you have going on you know like the fit family project and and anything else that uh, you'd like to talk about
2: yeah um just what i was talking about and helping parents i uh my husband and i own a gym here track athletics as you said but um we're doing you know we have online coaching and we help people just feel better um We help people. The whole Fit family came together because I have a program called Strong Mom, where we work with moms. And that's obviously near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. for the reasons that I said. Dave works with dads. And then Fit family came about because we really, one, we love working together. Wasn't always that way. We had a little transition and <laughs> husband and wife and work together and do everything together. Yeah. So he actually was just, he was, he was reminded me of the time that I was really struggling with all the transition. And again, I, I wasn't in a good head space, but he was just like, man, I really love working with you. And I just look straight ahead and I go, mm-hmm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I couldn't even I couldn't say, that's all I could say. Um, but we've, you know, made it to this place where we truly love working together. We work out together. We really do everything together. Mm. And so the fit fam was, um, we wanted a place that wasn't just women for strong moms or dad, um, men for strong dads, but where that couples could go and families could get good information. Um, so we just do, we do coaching that way.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I just started following Dave, you know, in the last couple of weeks on, on social media. And so he's, he's very motivating.
2: He is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh,
0: so anyway, we have a little thing that we do on here on every podcast where uh, it's called player association. I'll throw out a name from your past or present. And you can talk as much as you want or little about them.
2: <laughs> so, oh, are there any trick questions? Are there no. any trick questions in here? No. My the,
0: okay. my first one is uh, uh, Ryan Realmuto.
2: Oh, oh my! So she was my catcher at Oklahoma State. You, I, this would be a whole new podcast that I have to talk about. <laughs> she is, she is the, um, she is the, my, she is my starting point on. Uh, me getting anywhere honest to god one of the best catchers not that i've just played with but that i've ever seen in my entire life is that right yep
0: okay next one is uh erin cumstone
2: i knew it so she's the other side <laughs> ah! of the coin <laughs> so um also a huge reason as to where uh i grew as a player there are there are these two catchers who i played with the most but ryan at oklahoma state and then Aaron. Um, when you are a pitcher and you have literally the same mind as a catcher, that's what they did for me. Mm -hmm. So we would, we would have both Aaron and Ryan, we would have this relationship that we could read each other's minds. I knew when I missed a pitch, you know, like when she gave me a certain type of come on, like (laughs) that was not at all what I wanted you to do with that pitch, or that was not even close to where you were supposed to throw that. There was just this, Um, I would do this like head nod because I'm like, yep, I knew I missed that. Let's do that again. But I'm talking, we were one person out there. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Ryan was my start. Aaron was my, um, kind of follow through into, to me becoming the pitcher that I was able to become.
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I'm a pitcher myself. I've been pitching for 36 years and I've had a couple catchers where, you know, you have that, you know great relationship with and you know when you didn't hit your they throw the ball back hard to you and you're like okay i i got
2: I'm it <laughs> sorry about that and then yeah. you see it down again like do it again
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah all yeah. right uh next one your teammate in chicago jenny finch
2: Oh, uh, so you want to talk about someone who deserves all the the recognition and She's one of the nicest people that I have ever known. She's one of the most gracious people that I've ever known. And, you know, we talk about um, women in sports and they would always say, oh, Jenny Finch and she could play like she had. Not only is she just beautiful inside and out, but I was so fortunate to learn so much from her on the way she approached the game. We obviously were different pitchers. But the way she approached the game, I would just watch like Hawkeye being her teammate, being able to um, pick her brain. But like the absolute real deal and everything that comes her way from growing this game of softball is so deserved. I just I adore her.
0: That's awesome. Like uh, uh, I wouldn't know anything about, you know, uh, about her personal side, but I know how big she is in the game. So it's pretty cool to hear you know that she's actually like a really good person that's good to hear
2: she's like the best person you couldn't have picked a better person to have softball shining on and growing the game for a spotlight she really is such a good person
0: that's awesome uh next one on the list is current uh, team canada catcher kaylee rafter
2: oh so Raffy is, um, she's my home. She's my comfort. It was very, uh, very awkward uh, for me to come back in 2016. When it comes to, you know, 2008, I didn't really know Rafter all that well. She was relatively new to the team. Um, I kind of stuck to Chump, which is what I call Aaron Comstone, was kind of my person. And I didn't know Rafi all that well. And in 2016, I mean, it was like a full beeline straight to her. (laughs) And like, she was, she was my home. She is the person I, she's my person that I go to if I'm, you know, struggling. She checks in with me all the time, but I know what she was like in 2007 and to see her now in, you know, 2020, what's coming up to 2021, um, man, oh man, has she blossomed into one of the best catchers. She's blossomed into one of the best hitters. And again, she just has that presence behind the plate to you you just feel comfortable, or at least I do. I just feel comfortable with her behind the plate. And there's not, you know, sometimes, and I have played for a lot of catchers who, um, it's almost like you're afraid to miss a pitch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just, you try and be so fine. I know with Rafi back there, She'll work with me with what I have that day, and trust me, when I came back in 2016 and hadn't played for eight years, she walked me, like held my hand through what was supposed to be a curveball, and it missed on the other side of the plate low. She somehow managed to piece me together and get me through the world championship, Um, and I'll I'll give all all the credit to her.
0: That's awesome. Like yeah, when I had her on here, she we went. We talked for about an hour and a half on here, but I guarantee you we could have talked for 3 hours. She just loved talking about the game and it was just so, you know, one of those one of those people that's so easy to talk to and it it was just great to talk to her.
2: She's the best. And yeah. honestly, the whole team if someone has a question about something that has to do with like the game, we're just like, I don't know, ask her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh last one on the list is uh Sarah Gronewagen.
2: G, so I don't know G as well as I would like to know her. Mm. I've only played with her in 2016 and then I had the little stint, obviously back in 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um but what I do know of her, I mean, she's amazing. Her pitches like again, I learn and, and the one thing that is really cool coming back is I am not as stubborn. I'm a lot more open, right, to different ideas and different ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's really been fun watching her throw because I haven't really been around her. I don't really know that much about her. So right. I, I observe and I see the way she throws and the way she approaches games and just how steadfast she is on the mound. Like when you watch her throw, you don't know if she's up. Ten down, ten. It's just her presence there is it's admirable. So I'm more learning that way, and the game changes, right? Like yep. so from the way I played, I just tell him Vic Rumpf today. I go, believe it or not, when I started playing and I played my first game against Team USA, the the mound was still 40 feet, and I used a white ball. Like that's it was a long time ago, um, but the game does change and. When I get to go and be around, you know, players like Sarah who are at the top of their game and they're also from a a fresher era, it's just it's inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. I look at what she does and I think, you know, I'm not her as a pitcher, but what can I take away from her? So I'm doing a lot of observing and just figuring out kind of where I fit, um, how she can help me. And um, I mean, she's obviously an amazing pitcher. Yep, For sure. Anyway, Lauren,
0: I guess the time is up um i'd like to thank you very much for coming on the podcast it's uh anytime i can get anybody from the women's national team it's always a treat and uh you know i wish uh you and the family the best at what's going on right now down in the states <laughs> uh also best of luck at the the olympics and uh hopefully bring home the gold medal Good plan yes
2: Good plan thank you so much for having me
0: not a problem Hopefully we get to talk again. That'd be great. Alright, take care.
2: Alright. Don't know about me, don't know about you. Don't know what I've been, or what I've been
1: through. Before you get close, just know that it's true. It's fine all in, don't right. get it confused. Cause I can trust this I can trust this
0: But I don't trust the soul People pulling on my strings like it's a puppet show For anybody I don't know, leave me the fuck alone Cause I ain't comfortable to be in crowds like a buffalo Wait Looking at your picture like what's real or not Too many filters on your face, baby, peel it off Always gotta take a smell of what that dealer brought They say it's skunk marijuana when it's bunk marijuana We don't jump when you wanna, best believe it, leave it They'll break bread with you, then double-cross you like Jesus Oh, we used to say, don't believe it till you see it But nowadays, even seeing it don't guarantee it I don't trust
1: Yeah. I got trust issues yeah.
0: For me to take your word, cause I've been had a couple times. I'ma say it first. My ex girl cheated on me, I was out the door. My next girl had to prove that she was out for more weight. You talk a lot of game, but we just don't believe you. You need to tighten up your lips, baby. Do some giggles. I ain't your boy, I ain't your friend. You need to tell
1: your people.